You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you? Uh, healthy and alive. A loaded, that it's is a, a loaded a, question. That is a loaded it, Yeah, it's a bit of a loaded question today. Um, well, this week, really. Uh, yeah, but healthy and alive. That's good. That's good. Uh, some of our people, not so much. I understand that there's now casualties on the airport. Uh, a couple of our guys got dropped. About 15 of the Taliban on the other side got dropped. Uh, apparently, no one told them that we had some kind of an agreement to try and get our people out. But yet there are checkpoints set up uh, to prevent us from getting our people out. Uh, we learned today that, uh, you know what, and it, this is going to burn me up just to say this. Uh, we learned today that uh, a lot of our contractors and a lot of our assets on the ground over there are stuck. When I say stuck, it's estimated that we have anywhere between 15 plus thousand that are stuck and we have no way to get them out. And we have no plan at all. We Rumor have has ways it, of getting them out. We have ways of getting them out, but no one wants to do it. Yeah. But we have guys on the ground that are stuck, that are that have no way to get to the airport. No way. The State Department has told them, as we covered yesterday, we can't ensure your safety. But like We're being told that that Americans, if you're caught or if you even have a U.S. phone number in your phone, if they, if they stop you at a checkpoint, you're getting shot dead on the side of the road. This is a this is an unmitigated disaster. And worse yet, the ones that are calling, the, the, the ones that are calling, the, the assets we have on the ground, the ones that are calling the Pentagon to try and get some kind of an assessment on what they can do. What can we do? Where where can we go? How do we get to the airport? Tell us something. And they're being told, we can't help you, but what you should do is contact the United Arab Emirates, the Indians, you know, one of our allies, co- contact one of them. They can probably help you. That's what we're telling people? Now, the Pentagon's not publicly saying that. That's what people are being told on the ground over there, so we understand. That's what we're telling people? Don Jr. went on Tucker. I think it was Tucker last night. It might have been Hannity. I don't know. It was one of the Fox News channels, or one of the Fox News shows. He went on last night and said that this president, Joe Biden, has created the largest hostage situation in human history. Have you ever heard of 15,000 or more people being taken hostage at any given time, other than maybe a Hollywood movie somewhere? No. No, you've never heard that because it's never happened. Well, We've ne- we would never allow something like this to happen. Well, uh, technically, actually, yes. Last year, we had millions of people being taken hostage. But true. That was by the governments. Yeah, no argument. No argument. We're still held hostage, quite frankly. Uh, we're still having a gun to our, held to our head, uh, although it's not uh, literally yet. But they're getting there. They're getting there. No, I, I would contend we've had a gun held to our head for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's uh, been- as a good example. Stop paying taxes. See what happens. Fair point. Okay, fair point. No, no argument there. All right. Uh, I, I really I don't want to get into t- to too much Afghanistan stuff today. May- maybe we can uh, just a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to, to talk about that just in the opener there. Um, but the CDC, let's let's get into some COVID stuff because right that that's a distraction. You, COVID's gone away. You can't find it. Right. That means that there's something going on with it that they don't want you to see. So don't you worry. Don't you worry. When they create that crisis over there, they're going to reintroduce COVID on something else. They're not going to let this go. Understand that. They are not going to let this go. World Health Organization had the, what's his name, um, uh, Trados, Trados, whatever he is, right? That that idiot up there, the one that's compromised and put in there by Bill Gates, and who's a mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist Party, who owns the World Health Organization. He said, no, there's no going back to normal. No, that's just, that's just not going to happen. You need to dismiss that. And I, he said, he to make sure that he was clear, he says, let me repeat, there will be no going back to normal. They are not going to let this go. Do you understand? It doesn't matter if you give them everything that they're asking for and some. You cannot negotiate with terrorists, and that's what they are. You do not negotiate with these people. There's no deal to be made. They're not interested in making deals. They're not the types of people that make deals. They're dictating the terms of your surrender. That's their deal. That's it. And quite frankly, I'm not interested in speaking to terrorists. We only have one way of dealing with terrorists, don't we? That's right. The CDC changes the definition 
because you know they haven't done this before, they've changed the definition of what fully vaccinated means. That's now changed. Of course, they changed the definition of herd immunity. They changed the definition of what it means to have a positive case. They changed the definition of masks. They changed the definition of, well, pretty much everything to fit the agenda. And now they've changed fully vaccinated. See, you went out and you got your double jabs like a good little peasant, didn't you? Well, see, now they're going to make you take more. What did I tell you? What did I say? I said, it's not going to stop with just that first one. It's not going to stop with that. Do you know why you have two shots in the first place? There's no scientific basis for that. Do you know why you have two shots in the first place? Because some bumbling buffoon that they put up there on Sky News in the UK accidentally said it. And all these bureaucracies and the government said, "Okay, let's just go with it. That's why you have them. The CDC took questions on Wednesday after announcing that booster shots would be available. Ah, See, there you go. That's the reason right there. Booster shots would be available and pushed to the American public starting the week of September 20th. Again, the middle of September, middle of September. Everybody's get us to the middle of September. All the governments are working to get everybody to the middle of September so they can push that next booster. That's what it is. Joe Biden came out yesterday, didn't say word one about that fiasco in Afghanistan. And he's up there talking about booster shots and and masks on kids and and using using the, the, the Justice Department or the FBI or what the hell ever to go after the governors that are that are getting rid of the mask mandates. You want to know where their priorities lie? You even have school districts. Uh, they're trying to change their like the school teachers unions and whatnot. They're trying to change the dress codes for schools to include masks to try to get around uh, governors and all that. That's because the teachers unions compromised by the CCP. That's why. That's what that's the that's the red elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. But you have Afghan refugees coming into the United States unvetted, unchecked. Supposedly, we've got a covid problem and you're bringing people in from a country where there's no sanitation. Oh, that's it. Yeah, they're real concerned about that. Pending FDA approval for the plan. Right. Because they need to they need to get emergency use authorization for the boosters. Right. They need to do that now. Uh, In so doing, they said that the concept of what it means to be, quote, fully vaccinated against COVID-19 would change in the coming days. Isn't that uh, isn't that when the first authorization uh, wears off, if you will? It expires. It expires in uh, I want to say it's like September uh, 9th or something. It it literally expires. And then a couple of days later, they're going to uh, a week later, they're going to introduce the next one. That's why. So they won't be able to get FDA approval that I'm just guessing here. They won't be able to get FDA approval and then they'll roll into the next one. And they'll go off of emergency use authorization with that. So a reporter asked, what will it mean to be fully vaccinated once people are eligible for boosters? Will it be two shots or three? You know, it's going to be three. You know, it's going to be three. Uh, in response, uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said that on that question right now, I think what's very important for people to know is that if you've gotten both shots of your mRNA vaccine, it's not a vaccine, you are fully vaccinated right now. Those are the key words right now. You have full. Yeah, he corrects himself. You have full. You have a high degree of protection against the worst outcomes of COVID-19. Oh, wait a minute. I thought in the initial in the initial days, it was you're not going to get COVID. In fact, the old man himself said that, right? If you've got any of these 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 shots, you're you're okay, right? You're not you're not going to get COVID. Didn't he say that? He did. I I could I could swear that he said that. The the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're they you're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Yes, he and Don Lemon even agrees with him. Yep, yep. You're not going to get COVID if you have any of these shots. Of course, you can't tell that to the Israelis. Take a look at what's going on over there. There is, according to their Ministry of Health, there is a 3,000% rise in COVID cases in the country of Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. And more than 70% of the cases of people that are coming into the hospital are fully vaccinated. You see, if these people actually understood what they've done, then they would know that this is what happens when you try and do this. He goes on to say, the Surgeon General, he goes on to say, but our recommendation down the line, again, pending the advice and the review of the FDA and ASIP, the Advisory Society on Immunization Practices, is that we believe that a third dose will ultimately be needed to provide the fullest and continual extent of protection that we think people will need for the virus. See, they're going to manage your health. You notice how he says that? The extent of the protection that we think people will need, not what you think you need, what they think you need. Prior to the recommendation of the booster shot, the concept of being, quote, fully vaccinated meant that a person had received either two doses 
of a two-dose vaccine, which is, again, it's not a vaccine. They, they can't call this a vaccine. They're just doing it. There, there's no precedent for them to call this a vaccine. This is a therapeutic, if you even want to call it that. Or a one dose of the Johnson & Johnson one dose vaccine more than two weeks in the past. Yeah, that's what they say, right? Don't get a COVID test if you've had a vaccine. Don't do that. No, no, no because it'll, it'll, give you a false, it'll give you a false reading. It'll give you a false positive. It'll give you a false negative. Well, does that mean that the tests are flawed to begin with? It is these recommendations that have been used in the American cities of New York, San Francisco, and New Orleans to require people to show proof of vaccination before permitting them to engage in public life. Uh, yeah, that's happening in the countries of Europe already. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's, uh, let me see, my gym tomorrow. Today was my last day because as of tomorrow, vaccine passports go in. And if that is, if what I saw today was any indication of what that business is going to be put through now, that business will be closed within six months because the only people I saw in there today, I was probably one of 15 people. This is a three-story club, okay? So it's not a small place. They're designed at any point in time to handle 400 plus people on the premises at full capacity. And I bet you I was I was one of 15 to be in there. Place was a ghost town. And the ones that I saw in there, half of them were wearing masks again. People I hadn't seen before. And I'm like, you're you're literally like you're you're wearing a mask from like from the locker room. I walk into the locker room to, to shower and to leave today. And there were three guys in there wearing masks. I could I could not like we're we're well over a year into this, gentlemen. If you can't see past that at this point, then there's no saving you. There's nothing that can be done with that. You you just have to cut that loose. So the CDC, this is very important. The CDC did not address how many booster shots may be required past this first round. Oh, don't you worry. Don't you worry. They're gonna have a fourth one and a fifth one and a sixth one and a seventh one until you're dead until you're dead from toxicity. And that's not me saying that. that. That's not me saying that. Every doctor that comes out and says that gets banned. This ends when we say it ends, and not a moment before. It is not that difficult. Everyone's sitting around wondering, oh, well, what do we do? It is not that difficult to say no. It's not that difficult. It's really not. You got anything on that before you get, move over to Jethro here? No, um, I'm, I'm tired of the COVID narrative. Uh, honestly, they have nowhere else to go with it, in my opinion. They, they, yeah, they that's can't why they have push a, it that's why they, else. That's why they imploded Afghanistan, and, and they got caught. They, they got caught. Yeah. That, that's that's what it is. Everything that we were playing here with, with Fauci and, and the senators and the panel and everything, Fauci was so terrified. I know what it's like when someone's getting grilled and they're terrified. Fauci was terrified. The man was physically shaking, trying to hide it from the camera when they got caught. They panicked. So now the Department of Homeland Security says last week that we're now terrorists, right? We're, we're terrorists. Yep. If you question the COVID narrative, you're a terrorist. If you question the COVID lockdowns or anything like that, if you question the masks, the vaccines, any of that stuff, you're a terrorist. If you think that the November 3rd election was stolen, you're a terrorist. If you think that Trump is going to be reinstated, which honestly, I don't believe that. But like I said, the government doesn't pick and choose. If you're yes on one thing on 50% of a question, then you're yes for the entire question. So if you believe that Trump's going to be reinstated, then you are a terrorist. If you think that we should recognize 9-11 as an anniversary, which we got the 20th coming up, then you're a terrorist. If you recognize religious holidays, then you're a terrorist. You couldn't make this stuff up. This sounds like something out of a Monty Python movie of how insane this is. These people have lost their damn block. They've lost it. They're insane. They're insane. I I, I don't understand how they're going to push that because one of their uh, favorite protected groups, the Muslim people... Uh, how how does that they have a bunch of holidays as well, religious holidays that they see? It, yeah, are they exempt from that. Well, it, well, it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about this today. It's it's the same with like you got the uh, the, the American left and the European left saying, oh, well, uh, you've got to respect women's rights. Um, have do you understood how Sharia law operates? Do you know how that works? Women have no rights. They're treated worse than dogs, but yet they're allied with it. It's like an unholy alliance that they've created. They'll use one group against the other to get that conflict that they need. They'll use it as a boogeyman. They will make that connection. For example, right? It's it's interesting you bring that up because here here's another here's another point to that. And I know we're we're kind of branching off to, and getting off the point here, but uh, we'll get back to Jethro here in a minute because he's right on cue, and we knew it was coming, but. Let's look at Afghanistan for a second. The largest lithium deposits in the world are in Afghanistan, right? Untapped. Who's now going to mine that lithium? China, right? They're going to mine that. They're going to make the deals to go in there and get that. Well, 
we're being told that we're all going to take electric cars, right? Of course, you're not you're not actually going to get one. That's going to be for the uh, the elites. They're they're not going to be for you. It'll be for the quote unquote elites. I, I think that what we're calling elite now is going to kind of change and evolve, and it's going to be the people that um, basically. Uh, th- think of it like the Chinese, uh, the social credit system. If you have a high score, if you're um, praising the state, you praise the great leader, you're you're doing everything that the government tells you to do, you will be allowed to have access to an electric car. Uh-huh. Oh, but see, you won't own it, though. But you'll have access no. to one. You, you can rent one when you need it. That's fine. You don't even own your own land now. I mean, seriously, no, you if you you have the title to the to the, the property, stop paying taxes on it and see what happens to that property. They'll you don't it. own it. You're renting it from the government. But to to the, to your point, to your earlier point there, China is now going to go in and do that. Right. This is part of their Belt and Road Initiative. They need Afghanistan, that little tiny sliver of Afghanistan that touches China. They need that. They need something that's going to connect China, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Turkey and Iran. They need that. They're going to run pipelines through there. They also need to mine that lithium for batteries, for the electronics that they're going to uh, manufacture and give and sell to the world at a premium. So they need that. But here's the problem. Again, this is your unholy alliance. Same as with radical Islam, like the Taliban types. Same as that, but not with the American left, not only with the American left, but uh, that of the CCP. So you have an unholy alliance there as well, don't you? With the CCP and the Taliban. They have an interest in, in the Taliban running the government, right? But think about the Russians in Afghanistan. They went in and they tried to impose one rule. This is when they were the Soviet Union. They went in and they tried to impose one rule. And it was a, a Marxist, materialistic, godless type state. Well, that doesn't play with radical Islam. That doesn't Actually, that doesn't play with any Islam. There is a god under Islam. So you can't be godless and and be... Uh, and be of the Islamic faith. Uh, it just doesn't work. So they detest that. But yet they're going to create an alliance with China. That's not going to work. How's that going to play? How's that going to play when you have over one million Uyghur Muslims that are in prison camps having their organs harvested, running slave labor factories? And by the way, they're the same type of Muslim. They're Sunni Muslims. So how's that going to play when you've got uh, a Taliban who is of the same type of faith this, because there's different types of Muslims. You got Shia, you got Sunni, you know, and Kurdish, all the rest of it. So how's that going to work? How's that going to work? Do you think that there's not going to be any kind of a friction in there? You think there's not going to be any kind of a rigid uh, conflict in there between the CCP and the Taliban at some point? Maybe not right away, but at some point. Because the Taliban, make no mistake about that, when they were the Mujahideen, they threw the Russians an ass kicking. They'll throw the Chinese an ass kicking the same way. Chinese may come out it a different way, though. I, I think the Chinese are going to try to exploit them like they do uh, the North Koreans. Or I the think they're going to give them. Or, they, or, they, yeah, they go think, in and they build infrastructure and they take it in place for uh, for for mineral access. Yeah, well, not exactly like that. I think it's going to be more like North Korea in that we'll help you retain power. We'll help you hold, uh, you, you know, your your power. We're just going to need you to do a few things for us. Uh, like give us a lithium or, you know, in the case of North Korea, uh, do a missile launch every once in a while. We'll give you the tech to do it. You know, just, you know, rattle that saber a little bit. And, you know, uh, basically they, another junkyard dog is basically what they're they're going to have there, I think, is basically what they're going for. Could that, be. I mean, they just ship them arms deals and, and whatnot to keep them in power and power. I mean, sure. Why? Why but, not give up the lithium? But that also that also means that you would have to have some type of an enemy to fight. Well, if you don't have an enemy to fight, if we pull from the region, if we leave, well, then where's the conflict going to come from? They're going to go straight for Israel. Okay, fair enough. All right, that's a that's a that's a decent argument because you'll have Iran tied in there. You'll have, uh, of course, you'll have uh, Hezbollah involved, right? So yeah, that would make sense. All right, I could see that. So you know that those arms would be trafficked and moved where they needed them to be moved. All right. Yeah, I understand. Okay. I, I see that. But anyway, okay, yeah, that's just a little bit there. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to Jethro. Some guy, uh, Roy Rosenberry or whatever the hell his name is, I don't know, uh, he decided he was going to drive his jacked up Dodge Ram pickup truck out in front of the Library of Congress. He had a whole bunch of explosives apparently strapped to the... Uh, well, the inside of the truck, and he had it 
rigged to detonate if someone impacted the window or something and he he apparently had the toolbox full of ammonium nitrate first of all i don't believe it okay that's that's the first thing i've got audio here of him but it seems awful convenient that that happens just now he's not asking for uh trump to be reinstated he's not uh declaring that uh, trump should be uh the winner of the of the 2020 election or anything like that he's not doing that as a matter of fact, the guy even said that he doesn't care who was president. But he was broadcasting this on Facebook, and Facebook fi- found out what was going on after about 30 minutes or so, and they took it down, and they deleted it and blocked it and all the rest of it. But this is him saying that he's not leaving until he speaks to Joe Biden. <laughs> if you blow my truck up, man, hey. It's on you, Joe. I'm ready to die for calls. And brother, if you said if you could do anything to save one life, one life, you said you'd do it. Well, you got a chance. I want to go home Sunday. I want to go home and see my wife. We're living in a free country, Joe. Choice yours. If you want to shoot me and take the chance of blowing up two and a half city blocks, because that toolbox full, ammonium nitrate, it's full. I don't want to die, Joe. I want to go home. Well, that's okay because he got out of his truck and surrendered about uh, 20 minutes after he said that. So uh, he went directly into the uh, custody of the FBI, and that was the end of it. We'll never hear the uh, the real story behind that. So uh, let me guess. He's making statements like that. He's sitting in his truck. He's saying that he's going to blow up two city blocks, which even if he had that toolbox full of ammonium nitrate, he couldn't have blown up two city blocks. It's just not possible. If you don't believe that, look at what an entire rider truck full of ammonium nitrate did in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to do much damage there with the size of a, of a toolbox. Uh, but then he makes that kind of a statement. And then he gets out and surrenders. Well, that doesn't sound like he's making much of a statement, does it? Doesn't sound like he's taking much of a stand. And supposedly he's one of five guys. Where's the other four? I don't uh, I don't believe this at all. So uh, do I believe it happened? Yes. Do I believe that um, there was a dude sitting in a truck saying these things? Sure. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Do, do I think this was some homegrown terrorist that was no. trying to do something? No, it's too convenient. It's too convenient. Pelosi's been sitting here preaching about the January 6th nonsense. Well, the entire Democratic Party and some of the Republicans saying it was an insurrection, whereas we actually witnessed an insurrection happen in another country. And that was a great example of an insurrection. Uh, guns. Uh, well, we, we happened to give them the guns and the hardware. But uh, that aside, we've seen an actual insurrection. So that narrative fell apart. Many Americans don't believe that 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 was an insurrection. Uh, most Americans believe that, yeah, that was that was there was things that went on that were illegal that shouldn't have happened. Agreed. And we, we, we all pretty much agree on that one. They need another narrative now, though. They need Gretchen to push Whitmer. that more. Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer. The, the people that supposedly were going to <clears throat> kidnap her, all but three of those guys were feds. Yep. It was Yeah, it was like, what was it the 11 of... Was it 11 of 14 or was it 13 of 16? 13 of 16 were feds. Yeah. Yeah. So they're pushing a narrative. They're trying to get that. We have homegrown terrorists and we have to uh, whatever, whatever they're going to whatever they're going to push now. I mean, they're going to have to do more tracking. They're going to have to do a social credit system, a digital ID, uh, something that's going to tie you to your online persona so that you can't hide anymore. And they have a perfect track of your social media, your your. you know, geolocation, all that stuff. I, I I don't know what their intention is other than the stuff that we've been talking about with the uh, Great Reset and social credit system. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense that, the, that this guy is out there doing that. It, it, and it, it, it fits their narrative too, too well. And it's the same people that lied to us for an entire year. It's the same people. That are, that are now telling us there's terrorists everywhere. There's white supremacists and there's these extremists all are out there. And then they're labeling people that are just your average American as extremists. 
They've literally uh-huh. turned 70 million Americans into terrorists. They've literally turned 70 million Americans into terrorists. And you're and you're making the same people. Mind you, th- this is how topsy turvy this is. The same people that have labeled over 70 million. I would argue it's over 100 million, a third of the country. The same people that have labeled over 70 million plus Americans terrorists or potential terrorists are the same people that are saying, uh, well, we're working with the Taliban to to negotiate a peace deal uh, to to get our people out. It's way more. Uh, I, I I agree with you. It's way more than what they're the the seventy million. Because one an example. Do you celebrate a religious holiday? Do you celebrate Easter? Do you celebrate Christmas? Do you celebrate Thanksgiving? Is technically a religious holiday, though it's not. It's it's you know American religious. Um, but we give thanks before the meal. So. You give thanks before the meal. I mean. Yeah, so, and on top of that, 60 some percent of the Americans claim to be a Christian. They, they, they claim to, if you claim to be a Christian, that in and of itself means you're an extremist. Uh, and then you have all the other religions here as well. So mm-hmm. if you're religious, you're, you're an extremist, you're, you're a threat, you're, you're at risk of being a terrorist. Um, what, I'm just curious, what political ideology denounces religion? Hmm. Uh, Marxism. Typically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that how that works. Uh, I've got more video here of, uh, of Jethro, but uh, that, that's enough. I, I don't want to get any more than that. All right. So you were talking about how we have we've given um, a fair amount of military equipment, U.S. military equipment to uh, the Taliban. A fair amount mm-hmm. is what we've given. Uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said on Tuesday that a fair amount of military equipment in the uh, uh, the U.S. provided to the uh, national Afghan National Security Forces was seized by the Taliban. A fair amount. Of course, they don't we say how much. Knew, we knew that was going to happen mm-hmm. because uh, in our nation building in Syria, that happened. So, Bruce, yesterday I showed you a, a photo of the Taliban getting an upgrade on a lot of their, their gear, you know, a, a lot mm-hmm. of their, uh, their kit and everything else. Uh, it seems they've upgraded again. They've upgraded to uh, to even more gear. They've gone full on COVID ready now. Again, they've got uh, th- those look like brand new M4s, don't they? I mean they they look they look brand spanking new. Those earmuffs on that uh, on that helmet, you see, they don't even have a scratch on them. They they still got the shine on them. Same thing with the yeah. glasses. The glasses, yeah. the, the ballistic glasses are brand new. You can see the sun shining right off of them like a mirror. And they're the, uh, and they're wearing brand new COVID nineteen masks, brand new, yeah, fresh, clean. Those uh-huh. uh, carriers, uh-huh. carry rigs are brand new. Don't have a uh-huh. scratch on them. Uh-huh. Not why don't we just give all those? Why don't helmets. we just give them name tapes? Why, why don't we just give them their own yeah. name tapes? Yeah. Make it more obvious. I mean, that, that's that's pretty close to what it is. I mean, they're even wearing the fatigues, and you can see where the Velcro uh, locations that's are br- for the. That's the, brand new Velcro. Yeah, it's it's all it's all brand new. It's fresh, pristine. I mean, you can even see the folds still in the in the the BDUs. I mean, and it's fitted. It's fit. You you see this? This is fitted gear. It's not like they just dug through some old, uh, you know, uh, uh, armory or something somewhere. Yeah, it's it's not like they just dug through and said, "Oh, hey, yeah, here's a here's a here's a uh, here's a field jacket. I'm gonna take this. Here's some combat pants. I'm gonna take these." No, they have the exact size they need for everything. For everything. Oh, and they're also sitting in a military vehicle of some kind. We don't see enough of <laughs> yes. it to know what it is, but it looks like an MRAP almost. It looks like an MRAP or a, uh, or, or a, I honestly, I think this is one of those, uh, I don't think this is, I don't think this is ours. Uh, I think that's, that's something else. I'm looking at the insignia yeah. on the side. I think that's the Afghan security forces insignia. Uh, I could, I, I could be mistaken, but I think that's what that is. Uh, but yeah, hey, and they're protected from COVID. You see that? They got their face masks and everything. We gave it to them. We, we gave it yeah. to them. We, we armed them. We kitted them up and we gave it to them. When you look at these photos, when you see these photos, I know, I know you can't see these, but we are putting them up on our Telegram page. If you're subscribed to us over there, you're seeing some of them. There's no other explanation for this. It'd be one thing if you, if you seized it, if you got it off of a dead operator or something like that, then it would be scuffed up, used, have some blood stains on it, a couple of bullet holes, whatever. That would be one thing. That's not what this is. This is all brand new kit. All of it. Jake Sullivan went on to say, we don't have a complete picture, obviously, of where every article of defense materials is gone, but certainly a fair amount of it has fallen into the hands of the Taliban. And obviously, we don't have a sense that they are going to readily hand it over to us at the airport. What would give you that idea? Where do they get these people? Where on earth do they get these these idiots? 
I also heard that they were given... Uh, we left behind uh, Chinook helicopters, so they've got those now. We left behind some fighter jets, they've got those. And some attack choppers, and they've got those. You know, Nor Bin Laden was right. She says, this was not an intelligence failure. This was an operation. A successful one at that. Yeah, despite, I have to agree. Yeah, despite those efforts, the Afghan military, which uh, analysts said was unmotivated, disorganized, and plagued by low morale, they didn't do anything. They, they didn't do anything. They, they ran straight to Iran. They went right, straight across the Iranian border with all of our stuff, which I'm sure the uh, Revolutionary Guard was happy to get. Yeah. After seizing control of Afghanistan, the Taliban released photos of U.S. Black Hawk military helicopters at the Kandahar International Airport that the U.S. had provided the Afghan army. Now, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the following. Those Black Hawks were not given to the Taliban. They were given to the Afghan National Security Forces for them to defend themselves. Uh, Jake, if the Afghan security forces tuck tail and run and they don't defend themselves, where do you think that's going to go? Now, I find the timing of this very convenient. Very, very convenient. Sullivan said that a former or said that former Afghanistan president Ashraf Ghani requested the helicopters during a White House visit with President Joe Biden in June. He was one of the first to get out of the country. He went to the United Arab Emirates with about 160 million in cash and a couple of luxury cars. Oh, mission accomplished, huh? See, he was you know, on just, his way out. Yeah, go ahead. I just had a thought uh, on this. You know, we've been talking about how the elite need their own private army because uh, they tried the to American do it in Ukraine. military... They tried to do it in the Ukraine under Obama. You remember? The $8, yeah. uh, the $8 yeah. billion dollars or whatever it was. So they need their own army that they essentially control that will... Uh, they don't have any ties to any one nation. You know, uh, it, they happen to be raised in a climate that's fighting all the time. So they're no, no stranger to war. Um... They're, they have just as much of a hatred for America or the Western culture as the elite do. Um, why not try to exploit a backwards country, uh, a backwards people, and use them as your military? They get to do what they want, right? Well, they get to kill the infidel. Yeah, but, but Brzezinski, I mean, that, that was his original intent. That's how he was able to uh, use the, the Mujahideen with bin Laden to knock out the Soviets. That was his original intent. What if that's a good point you bring up? What if they're actually trying to jumpstart that again and use it to their advantage? So the corrupt Westerners that are in bed with China will actually use them. We get knocked out of the box as far as being on the ground. So we're not needed there anymore. That gives the opportunity for them to broker the deal with the Chicoms. They come in, they get the mineral deals, they get their belt and road, or at least part of it. And the corrupt Westerners work with them to fund that private little army that they're to menace the West that you're talking about and to give us an unlimited refugee crisis. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And honestly, depending on how uh, willing and capitulating the the um, uh, Taliban and you know the the other groups like them that they're going to try to exploit and use, depending on how useful they are and how well they 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 may have their military class of of or their soldier class, the policing class that they'll use uh, in the future. I mean, what better to police the Western world than to have a people that are obedient and are more than willing to fight. And, you know, you just have to keep them happy, sustained. Over 2,000, according to the Pentagon now, over 2,000 passengers have been flown out of Kabul. Only 325 of them were Americans. Oh, yes, we're really prioritizing our people, aren't we? It's not America first anymore. Now it's America last. That's where we are. We have well, no plan we, to we get our... I'm sorry, I'm being facetious. We, no, sorry. We, 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 we have to uh, think of the world greater because it's, it's the human populace we have to be thinking about. Humans in general, not, not countries. We shouldn't be focusing on that anymore. We're, we're a global populace. Right. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Klaus. I, I appreciate your take on that. The Pentagon said on Wednesday morning that between Tuesday at 3 a.m. and Wednesday at 3 a.m., so a full 24 hours, the military evacuated about 2,000 from the Kabul airport, including 325 Americans. Who are all the others? 18 C-17s have departed in the last 24 hours. These flights have carried around 2,000 passengers. I can confirm that 325 of those passengers are American citizens. That was according to Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby. He said in an off-camera interview with reporters, I know that military aircraft is flying. I'm watching C-17s fly over where I'm at. I I've seen three of them fly over today. So I know that the stuff's moving. But 
my question is why like we're we're evacuating uh, Afghan refugees supposedly in the middle of a pandemic when the borders are supposed to be closed. You need vaccine passports to move everywhere. But uh, well, apparently no one's concerned about them having vaccine passports or being double vaccinated, are they? No one's concerned about that. Uh well, no, of course not. They, they're not even concerned about that with the, the Mexicans come across the border. Well, it's not no, even no. It's cartel. And I mean, we have Russians and Chinese and all kinds of people yeah. coming across our southern border. But no, it doesn't matter. It's fine. But again, my question is, uh, who, who are all the others? What, why are we not making our people? We, we've got 15,000 on the ground over there, Jack. Where, where are they? Where are they? You know what? I, I'm, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. But since since we're here, I, I got to play this clip of, of Fattis again. He, he was back on Bannon's podcast. I, I got to play it again. Sure. This is Sam Fattis on Steve Bannon's podcast. We played a clip of him yesterday. This is him on the podcast this morning. Take a listen to this. Appreciate you coming on here. I want to turn now to Sam Fattis, a long experience in the region with the CIA as a operative. Uh, Sam, walk to, if Millie's sitting there spinning you on the on the at the press conference in the Pentagon, you see the reality of the footage. With your experience, your contacts, tell us how bad the situation is really in Kabul. The situation in Kabul is completely out of control. It is already a disaster. It may get infinitely worse. We got nobody knows how, but maybe 15,000 Americans that could be taken hostage in some sense already are hostages. And we don't actually have any guarantee that anybody's going to keep them alive. Uh, all day I've been hearing from folks trying to get um, who are getting contacted by people who are on the ground in Kabul, Americans who are trying to figure out how they're supposed to get to the airport since they're trapped. And people are reaching out to the Pentagon, you know, trying to work some kind of end around. How does this work? What's going on? And the response, the, the response coming out of the Pentagon is, obviously, they're not going to say this officially, go to the Emiratis, the Gutteries, or the Indians. They might be able to help you. The United States of America cannot help its own citizens in Kabul. That's where That's we pathetic. Are. That is pathetic. Sam, are these, te- are these, you know, I was over there in the, with the, uh, with the Seventh Fleet back in the late seventies, when we had what fifty hostages in the embassy in Tehran, there's essentially fifteen thousand hostages, American hostages in Kabul or other parts of Afghanistan right now. We're completely beholden to the tender mercies of the Taliban. We're going to send them, you know, a, a, a heated communicate, but we need the, Tal- the Taliban's basically letting people bleed through as they want to do it. Is that the situation as you see it? As as a guy that's been in these situations, they're essentially hostages to the to the to the good graces of the uh, Taliban that is precisely where we are and what we ought to be saying to the Taliban is we're leaving if you want to live in the 12th century you have a good time but we're taking every one of our citizens out unharmed and God help you if you interfere because the rules of engagement have changed We're not here to nation build, and we will unleash the full might of the United States military on you right now if you don't get out of the way and get our people to the airport. That's what we ought to be saying. You and I both know the chances that Joe Biden and his administration will say that are zero. There are a number of pipe hitters at the CIA paramilitary in in the military. You think today that could deliver that would would if so directed would deliver that on that order? Man, if you if you gave that order, the problem you would have is there would be so many people climbing on planes to go in to prosecute that fight. You couldn't get the aircraft off the ground. People all over the U.S. military, special operations community, CIA would get up and go because they would love to have that opportunity to go do what they're supposed to do, protect fellow American citizens. Last question, Sam, uh, and we appreciate Sam's the founder and publisher of and magazine. You got to go there. You got to see it. Uh, I take it you think the situation is devolving, not evolving, right? Where this is headed in the wrong direction. Started terribly and it's getting worse. Yeah, and 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 could go off the cliff, right? You could just find that rockets start impacting on that airfield, which you and I both means no mean. That air bridge is severed, in effect. There is no more connection to the outside world. And now even our military is just trapped on the far side of the globe, stuck, surrounded by a hostile army. That could happen any moment now. Do you need to hear any more than that? This guy, this guy is 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 career CIA. He's got people on the ground over there. He knows what's going on. 
this is not the kind of conversation you're going to hear on CNN. This is not the kind of conversation you're going to hear on, on the mainstream media anywhere. They're telling you everything's great. Hell, Millie was up there saying, oh, yeah, everything's fine. We got we got uh, evacuation plans happening the, at the North Gate. Everything's good. People are getting shot dead out there. That's the reality of the situation. We put video up of it last night. Two of our guys got dropped last night. God knows how many of our foreign allies have been dropped over there. The French are in there. Hell, the Swiss sent some of their special forces guys in today to get their people out. We're telling our assets on the ground to go to the Emirates, go to the Indians. They'll get you out because we don't have a plan. And and Faddis is right. One RPG on that tarmac, it's over, Jack. That's it. We're done. You know what? I'm not hooked into that world, but I'm happy to jump on a plane tonight and go help those men and women get out of that country. I'd be one of the people running out there onto the tarmac, getting on those planes to go out there and help and actually do something because I'm not the kind of person that's just going to tuck tail and run. I won't do that. All those years working on successful teams, I'd never leave one of my own guys behind ever. And I certainly wouldn't leave an American citizen stranded in some hellhole like that that we have no business in. We should be hearing a statement like he mentioned. We're going to leave your country. If you want to live like the way this, the, the way that you're imposing, good on you. But we're going to get our people out of here and you're not going to hinder that in any way, shape or form. And God help you if you do. The State Department's worried about what well, we can't get our people through the checkpoint. Then you get rid of the checkpoint. You can't tell me that we don't have assets in the air at 20,000 feet. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that we don't have eyes on every single one of the, where those checkpoints are. You can't tell me that. We've been in there for 20 years. We should have a pretty good lay of the land by now. With this administration, though, with the way that they've organized and orchestrated the pullout, I would not be surprised if we didn't have any air assets available. That's a good point, I guess. We should be seeing mass resignations. Without a doubt. If this were any other... If this were any other administration, that this is something that, hell, I would like to see the president resign over. If this I, I, were want, any other I want all of them. I want all of them gone. If this I, I don't care. Yeah. If the, I don't care if it's Biden. I don't care if it's Trump. If, the, if this yeah. happened under any U.S. administration, I'd want that administration gone. All of them. All of them. And that includes everybody that they have at the top brass they bring in to sit around those tables. All of them. Yeah, the General Miley or whatever the hell his name is sitting there yeah. going after uh his own military going after uh, Americans instead of trying to protect Americans and ensuring that what was was he too busy trying to find extremists among the ranks? He and to, Austin both are, are too yeah. busy trying to find him and Secretary of State Austin. They're, they're both too busy trying to find uh, homegrown terrorists rather than worried about getting our people out. What the hell's wrong with yeah. you idiots? Like, do, do you understand? It, just just so I'm clear, do, do you understand you people like Millie and, and, and Austin, all, all the rest of these guys, all these people, do you people not understand what you're helping to, to usher in? Do you not understand that? You are the first to go. You're, you're military guys. You should be telling the rest of the populace this. You should be telling the people down rank from you what's coming. You're military strategists and they're making kindergarten mistakes. Like this is this is cartoon level stuff. These kind of mistakes they're making. Like here, here's one. Here's one. Millie insists that while U.S. intelligence predicted the Afghan government collapse, nothing suggested it'd be this fast. You didn't know. It wasn't even like it was any kind of a a phase drawdown. We left in the middle of the night. We pulled out at like midnight that night and just left everything in the middle of the fighting season. The summer is their fighting at the height, season. At the height of their fighting mm -hmm. season. Yeah. Yep. And we just pull out uh, what Trump did with the May 1st. Even that was sketch because of, you know, it, nicer weather, warmer weather. They're going to be picking up their attacks and everything. But I think that was a good faith gesture, if you will. Uh, and if the Taliban wouldn't have uh, abided by it, you lay waste to their camps and to their equipment and to, uh, you know, all their assets um, from 30,000 feet. and you know, until they submit and, and leave you alone. Uh, but instead, th this is, I, I still cannot see this as not being planned. I, I can't see this as being a, uh, they, they bumbled about and they failed. It was just a, a miscalculation on their part. No, I think this was fully calculated. I think they knew this was coming. They being the, the upper elite, because you, you had intelligence, uh, the lower ranks saying, don't do this. This is bad advisors were saying, don't do this. This is bad. And yet the brass still did it. So 
It, 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 it looks like it's planned. They had six months to plan this out before May 1st. And then on top of that, they had an extra three months. Uh, no, no, this is this this pullout was planned to go down like this. So now China takes over the project, right? So now it's China's turn. The Russians went in there. They collapsed. We went in there. We're going to collapse. I mean, either way, they've set into motion a chain of events that I don't even think they can stop now, even if they wanted to. The elites, I mean, there, there's no way they can stop this. Even if they say, oh, my God, you know, even if they have that come to Jesus moment where they say, oh, my God, what have we done? Which they're not going to have. But, yeah. but, but they, they, I mean, there, there's no bottom to these people. There's no way that they can stop this. But now China's up. Now the question becomes, what's the long term for China? Does China now collapse by going in there? But see, they're doing it another way. China's doing it another way. They're actually going in there to manufacture. They're going in there to extract what they need, and they're going to give kickbacks, you know, the the spoils, if you will. Uh, they'll give some kickbacks to uh, the local population, and, you know, you keep them nice and happy and all the rest of it. I mean, that's what they've done in Austra or, um, Australia. Well, yeah, pretty much. That's what they've done in um, uh, Africa, right? They're colonizing Africa, the Chinese are. No, they are. They are. That's what they're doing. They'll go down there. They'll build a military base. They'll make a deal with one of the corrupt tin pot dictators down there. They'll build a military base and they'll say, hey, you look like you could use some roads in this country. Well, yeah. OK, we'll build you roads. We'll even supply the labor. Well, that'd be awful nice of you. Thank you. By the way, um, your people look like they could use running water and they look like they could use clean water. How about we build you uh, water treatment plants, these types of things and clean your water and and bring some fresh water to your people? You know, that would that would garner favors from your local population to you so you could actually stay in power. How about that? And we'll give you some cash to, you know, help you spread it around to uh, to, to the local warlords and everything to, you know, kind of take them under your wing as uh, as lieutenants. How about that? Well, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really nice. Thank you. Well, yeah. OK, well, we'll do all this stuff for you. No problem. We'll we'll supply all the labor and everything. We'll we'll teach all your people how to do it. But um, you have a lot of oil in this country. And we're interested in that. Um, and, and we're also interested in, I don't know, you got some copper in this country. We're interested in the, those copper deposits. And uh, we're also interested in uh, uh, in those tin deposits and those uh, those um, coal deposits. We're, we're interested in that. So, I mean, we're willing to do all these things for you. We'll build all these these things. We'll give you nice roads. We'll, uh, we'll import some stuff here for you. Uh, we'll, we'll set up a trade deal, but uh, we're, we're interested in those minerals. Um, do you think we can make a deal on that? Well, sure, absolutely. We're not doing anything with them, and you know, you're you're so kind as to um, as as to provide all these things to improve our quality of life. That would be that'd be that'd be just fine. I'll have my people draw up the paperwork. It's that simple. But does China fall into the trap of the conflict that I was talking about earlier? I, I don't think so, because it, Russia was trying to conquer them by force militarily. The U.S. was trying to nation build by force militarily. And China's coming in, not militarily, they're coming in economically, which, by the way, uh, the the Abraham Accord uh, that Trump was doing, um, that he, the deals he was brokering, guess how he did that? He did that with economics, business. He stopped going in as a military and started reasoning with people and showing that, look, everybody here benefits from doing trade with one another and just open up the trade. And uh, that, that that's how he was able to get some of it through. So. Maybe we need a different way of looking at this. Maybe, maybe fueling these uh, these contractors, these these companies, the the weapons manufacturers, and everything, the military complex. Maybe, maybe fueling that is not the way to go. But unfortunately, we have so many po uh, politicians that are invested in that. Do you think Biden has any remorse for what he's done? That's a, that's a legitimate question. No one's asking that. No, no one is asking that. Everybody's too busy pointing fingers at each other and, and blaming this person, blaming that person, whatever. But you're sitting here saying that this is a successful operation. I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that because that's what this was. And make no mistake, when we say that this is a successful operation, we're talking about high treason here at the highest levels. Do you think that Joe Biden feels any remorse whatsoever about what he has done? I mean, he's not standing out there in front of the cameras. And when he does now, he's not even mentioning what's going on with this debacle in Afghanistan. Stephanopoulos even asked him last night on ABC News about it. And he says, oh, no, it couldn't have gone any better. Couldn't have gone any better. What do you think about the uh, what are your comments about the uh, the people that fell off of the aircraft after it left the tarmac? Oh, that was four or five days ago. No, it wasn't. It was less than 48 hours ago that happened. It was horrible, horrible. Do you think he feels any sense of guilt? 
whatsoever over this, that he is not only that he's not only responsible for human suffering that's now going to ensue, but he's now responsible for stranding our people there. You thought that the MIAs under the Vietnam era were something. Wait until you see all this. This is going to trump that. No. It, it, if you look at his pre previous business dealings and um, he was exploiting his drug addicted son to go out and do business deals. He was using his own kid to do that. Then he sold secrets of ours, dual purpose tech to our enemies. Nah, nah, he feels no remorse. This is a this is a political game for him. This was a political gamble to say we're going to pull out. Uh, it just didn't go quite the way he was thinking it would. Um, I don't know that he I think how it was presented to him was this is a great strategy for you and your political career because you'll be known as the president to get us out of Afghanistan or out of the Middle East in general. You'll be remembered as that. But I don't think what what, what he was told is that this would be the worst uh, pullout ever done. Like this is the worst military operation it, probably in American history. Probably and, in history. In, yeah, in, well, in any kind of in, modern yeah. history. In any kind of modern history, yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I, I think there might be a level of he was lied to, but I think there was a level of um, he just doesn't care. Half of me thinks that he's just being exploited. Half of me thinks that because it's almost like he's out there. He makes the, the speech of whatever's on the teleprompter and then he just slunks out the back door. Half yeah. of me thinks he's being exploited. But then the other half of me goes along with what you just said. You know, he, he knows because of his past dealings. But at the same time, we know that Joe was more competent back then. If you listen to phone calls of Joe that we played here, if you listen to phone calls of Joe with President uh, Poroshenko, I believe it was, of the Ukraine before Zelensky, it was Poroshenko, completely different guy. That's not the Joe Biden that you see up there now. I don't know what this guy is. I don't know who this guy is, but this guy is not Joe Biden. If you listen to Joe Biden standing at the Senate podium, making speeches about God knows what, he made a whole bunch of them, but that's not Joe Biden. That's not that's not what you're seeing now. That's not the man you're seeing now. So part of me thinks that he's being exploited. I mean, like I said the other day, he's there because he's compromised. He's in there because he has a son who's a crack addict. That's why he's in there. But is he just a turncoat traitor at the same time? And I think he is. I think he is. Yeah, I, I have to agree. All right, we're out of time. You know, I was wanting to do something short today. I, I really wanted to just kind of scale it back a little bit because we've been blowing off at the at the stack for the last for the last few days. And I thought, let's just take it easy today. Let's just keep it short. Let let's go thirty minutes, whatever, and let let's just knock some time off of it. And, and we didn't do that, so um, yeah, it just it happens. All right, for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week, which Bruce and I will be on tomorrow. Uh, also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast.protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you can pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that is it for today and this week. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. We will see those of you who are signed up to us on Telegram. We'll see you on the exclusive tomorrow. Everyone else, have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday.